Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Mint. I am Nasreen Sultana. You are listening to All Things Markets, where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. The government's fiscal policy since the pandemic began has prioritized growth and fiscal transparency over fiscal consolidation. The budget 2022 presented by Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman just did that. However, macro risk of executing the budget proposals remain a key concern among investors. The union budget 2022 indicated not only is the government likely to miss the FY22 fiscal deficit target but the target for FY23 is also pegged at a relatively high 6.4% of GDP the difference is largely on account of a massive capex push and divestment estimates this underlines the government's resolve to aid a cycle of investment with public capex taking the lead and crowding in private investment but will finance minister's budget proposal fall short of enough philip to drive a pandemic induced slump in economy will it take stock markets into a tailspin and does it increase the risk of a sovereign downgrade of india to discuss those i am joined by arvin chari cio quantum advisors hi arvin welcome to the show hi nasreen uh, always good to be on your show So Arvind a lot of macros to work on after the budget uh, speech was over so what are your key takeaways uh from the budget the key takeaway was the government has stuck to its priority right they they which which they started last year of prioritizing growth over fiscal deficit and fiscal consolidation so they've said that the fiscal deficit will remain above 4.5% till FY26 so that's like 5 years out from last year and uh, they would keep they would focus on boosting growth and they have done that uh, this this budget also was reasonably growth focused and especially on the capital expenditure side if you if you look at the numbers of capex now you can slice and dice it and analyze it in terms of what is direct what is grants and what is uh, through the off budget uh, allocations but still an increase from from about 4.5 5 5 of trillion in two years back to about 7.5 trillion uh, in fy Uh, 23 that's a significant uh, increase in capex the key is whether they will be able to spend right you know the we know there are limitations by the center at the states and at the at the public sector level on spending the allocated amount so if they're in, indeed able to spend it then what we call as a multiplier effect on the economy should be uh, reasonably good so you'll, you'll have 3 years of higher capex spent uh, going into the economy and this is this we believe should be able to sustain the economic growth in the periods ahead so in the next 2 3 years uh, this amount of spending by the government higher increase in fiscal deficit uh, should should uh, ensure that the gdp goes sustains and as we spoke last time we, we we spoke about the fact that india on itself as a macro level is in the cusp of a revival right apart from the government spending you know corporate balance sheets have got better bank balance sheets have got better Uh, residential real estate is improving capital flows have been very very significant into india both fdi fpi private equity venture capital infrastructure uh, and the and the exports growth the global growth is gotten better and so indian exports have got better so 
all put back together and with the current spending that the government has uh, has done should should ensure that you know the growth momentum is much better than what it was pre pandemic and will be able to sustain for a period of time uh, this also when when that happens we have seen in historically in the 2003 2007 cycle you know when when these tailwinds take off uh, it it also means that corporate earnings uh, become uh, uh, grow very well and we have seen fairly la- uh, strong corporate earnings growth in that earlier cycle and maybe we saw the first signs of it in the last two years where corporate earnings growth has been better than estimates uh, which generally bodes well for equity so if i if i look for a medium term perspective 2 3 4 years ahead uh, this trend of sustained economic growth uh, better better profitability better corporate uh, stability and should should lead to a reasonably good period for equities over a period of time that's that's like a medium term view right right so what what were the risk because uh, you know a lot of analysts and economists were kind of voicing their concern about the macro risk uh, mm. a because uh, your uh, uh, your borrowings are high and the yeah. fiscal deficit target is of course were higher than the market was anticipating so how does it work for the economy and uh, and not to forget that this is we are still uh, you know in the midst of the pandemic and we may have recovered a bit but it's we are not out there so how do you how how does the macro work out there see if i look at from a structural macro perspective nasreen uh, one disappointment that that has continued for us with this uh, with this government has been uh, their focus on driving supply supply side as against demand I, i'm not that they have not done they have given free food they have some income support but if i look at from a over a four year period two years pre pandemic and and two years in the pandemic if you look at the impact on the indian individual or the impact on the indian citizen or the impact on the indian small business you know the informal enterprises they had a significant impact right they they some of them have lost livelihood some of them have lost incomes uh, they are facing higher oil prices higher food prices uh, the you know if you put all that together they we still believe that some amount of the government spending that they have announced you know if you look at the total spending of the government for fy 20 there will be 40 lakh crore uh, some part of that you know less than 5 like 2 3 4% 2, also could have been uh, allocated towards either a direct income support which they did for you know women jandan account holder something like that or a cut in excise for oil so that oil prices come down and disposable income uh, gets better or a cut in say a corporate income tax for msme for a two year period you know some amount of either income support or consumption support or expense expenditure support should have been given in this budget instead of focusing everything on supply side in terms of you know either supporting the industry through plis or supporting the industry through import duty uh, increases or a large capex you know it's good to see capex and you know it will trickle down over a period of time but given the state of the economy you know there is there is a demand problem right there is a it's demand not immediate. problem it, it, it's not immediate it's not putting money directly on the hands of a consumer yeah that balance was missing they they are focusing on growth which is great india mm-hmm. most of our india's macro problems will be solved when india grows when india has double digit nominal gdp growth it solves a lot of your problems of incomes and taxations and you know spending on infra spending on soft enter but there you still need to have that balance of 
still supporting the vulnerable in terms of people they've got impacted i mean now uh, the pandemic was a was an event and people got impacted because of the pandemic not because of their own choice right yes, yes. you need i think that that balance was missing and that that that's be, remained a reasonably big disappointment uh, mm. from this government policy right but uh, you know uh, do you agree that uh, the the higher fiscal deficit and the higher borrowings yeah. could also create some extra inflationary pressure and uh, you know in turn probably the rbi may kind of uh, switch their stance uh, you know faster than expected to turn uh, the interest rate hike cycle you have to see both separately in the sense that there's a fiscal debt and a fiscal consolidation uh, angle and then there's a inflation and and the rbi angle so if i look purely at fiscal consolidation i think they are very clear uh, they were very conservative in the in the first period 2014 to 19 they were very conservative on fiscal they were trying to cut fiscal expenditure or you know trying to uh, put balance uh, put some of the expenditure out of the balance sheet but since last year they've been very clear that they will first focus on growth and then consolidate fiscal so when they do that the markets have to assume that the fiscal deficit will remain high and it will remain high for a period like 4.5% for fy26 as a fairly long period of reasonably high fiscal deficit which would mean that the government borrowing will be a lot larger both center and state which would mean that interest rates will go up so last year uh, the rbi managed that because we were still in the midst of the pandemic to this year since the economic conditions are better uh, hopefully we have kind of learn to live with the pandemic and learn to live with covid and maybe it is well, the worst is kind of behind us in some sense uh, the 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 assumption should be that you know interest rates will increase because this is a significant amount of borrowing uh, and and likely to remain so and the problem with uh, with high borrowing this year particularly will be that there is no new demand source right the expectation was that they will also announce some tax changes or some uh you know settlement uh, regulations to allow foreigners to allow the indian bonds to get into the index and you know have get yeah, that foreign, did not happen. foreign yeah. demand it did not happen not so happen. high fiscal deficits or high borrowing in the scenario of uh, rbi not being that much that big a supporter in terms of bond buying in terms of omos and a lack of visibility on the foreign demand all this put together you already seen the impact on the bond yields right in bond yeah. yields since yesterday is low is yes. now up almost 30 basis points that in the 10 years space about 25 27 basis point and it can go higher i mean there, there is the the background of the entire macro is that there is high inflation globally oil prices which is india's biggest short term bugbear is also uh, at 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 levels which are threatening 90 to 100 will be a problem for india and in a scenario of a hawkish fed and an ex and a scenario where the that where the central bank is also being going to be hawkish so as i mentioned one of my other quote that is the perfect storm for the bond market right. uh, in a, in a, and you should expect bond yields to go up so coming so to the, the yeah, yeah yeah go ahead so, so coming to the rbi aspect uh, rbi does not need to support growth any longer because the government is doing it the government has taken the onus of ensuring that growth has revived and the revival continues and sustains through their fiscal deficit so rbi can now and should shift its focus from supporting growth which is that accommodative stance and supporting growth to managing inflation because you know if we have a period where inflation really uh, goes up then it will be a bigger problem to manage growth 
So I think it's about the right time where the RBI can remove its accommodative stance, lower the liquidity and start hiking rates uh, to normalize. I mean, we're not nobody saying that they, they need to go higher because inflation is still below 6% on, right. on the CPI basis. But that normalization that you call it. So we expect the RBI should hike the repo rate by about 100 basis points in fiscal year 2023. So which would mean that so the longer end of the bond market is getting impacted by the mm. by the fiscal deficit, the shorter end of the bond market also will adjust. But from a if you look at from very short term like a money market instruments or short term fixed deposits, you know those returns will increase as the RBI increases rates. The rates on those uh, instruments also will go higher and so relatively your returns in that space is better. The longer end of the bond market will struggle. It will be a tough year, uh, especially mm. if there is no foreign buying. It will be a tough year. You should see yields going up more. Right. So actually, I have two follow-up questions. Uh, yes. One is, uh, you know, if there are shocks uh, in the bond yields, will it overlap or uh, and mm. into the equity markets because yeah. uh, these are related? And yeah. uh, secondly, uh, if the interest rate normalization starts kicking off, yeah. how will it impact corporate borrowing and uh, and of course its impact on the corporate earnings? Okay, I'll give you a slightly longer answer first in the sense that like a longer time frame answer. If I look at a 20 year history of uh, Indian inflation, so CPI is average between five and a half and six percent. The repo rate is average between six and six and a half percent. The 10 year bond yield is average between seven and seven and a half percent. Despite all that, India has grown at six and a half percent real GDP and double digit nominal GDP. So just to answer the, from that perspective, India can grow at reasonable levels despite high, high reasonably high inflation and reasonably high interest rate. So from if you look at from that lens and that time frame, this is OK. This is manageable. You know, we, uh, we should be able to grow even at slightly higher interest rates or slightly higher inflation. And so that's that's a kind of a zoomed out answer uh, to your question on whether it will impact in the short term. Uh, it will impact because uh, from my equity perspective, right, some amount of inflation equity markets like right and we have seen that last year as in commodity inflation picked up you saw the stock markets doing well you saw corporate earnings getting better and you saw cyclical you know cyclical industrial plays doing much better because they are getting that pricing power so some amount of inflation is good when it becomes higher is when the problem is uh, so you you might see some valuation related issue where you know if say as you talked about corporate borrowing right so if you look at somebody is playing an NBFC and they are all completely wholesale funded and the cost of borrow, low cost of borrowing was a big benefit for them in terms of margins and spread. And as the wholesale cost of borrowing increases, which is what happens when government bond yields go up, you, you will expect corporate bond yields also to increase in the short, the three year, five year, 10 year space. And then so the so immediate margins for a for a say NBFC housing finance lender uh, could get impacted. So from that perspective, it will have an impact. Uh, general normal increase, normal normalization, uh, uh, you know, interest rates coming back to normal should be okay. We can we can still live with that. The problem will happen when if it's excess. Like if I have to take one risk, as I said, oil prices. If say oil goes to 120 dollars, which is what some some global reports are mentioning, that will be a scenario which will be bad for in the short term for uh, bonds, for currency, and for equities. Because that and at that scenario, your entire short term macro risk from a current account deficit, fiscal deficit, inflation, everything kind of gets impacted. So those kind of scenarios are 
are worse outcomes. Uh, as as rates go up, you will see some calibration in terms of valuations for equities. You know, in terms of uh, as interest rates go up, they will have to price in slightly lesser margins or or a higher cost of interest. Uh, those kind of changes happen, but I don't think it's it, it's really bad. As I said, from a if I take a long term horizon, we've mm. lived with high inflation, high interest rates, and still done well. Right. So one last question on the you know divestment target. Uh, okay. I mean uh, there was a bit of disappointment uh, for on multiple grounds. Uh, one, yes. the divestment target for uh, even FY22 has been revised, and we have just two more months anyways. Uh, Air India has done deal, but LIC the big uh, yeah. you know big ticket sale that ha- that is still pending for last two years. Uh, what do you think? Do you think the divestment target, even the revised one, would be met? And uh, you know, seventy-eight thousand crore—that's uh, the target. Uh, do you think LIC uh, comes in the picture even for FY23? Because there is not really any roadmap shared by the FM. Uh, even in the budget documents, we couldn't find anything more on the LIC IPO. Specifically on LIC, from a fiscal perspective, if I look at just fiscal math, it's very important, and it was—it's it, a large uh, divestment. The government uh, will be able to get a lot of uh, lot of money. F- when they divest LIC, the finance minister was very clear in her speech uh, that LIC is happening, but we couldn't see in the documents, right? I mean, that is, we don't know whether the uh, whether the numbers include LIC yeah. or don't include LIC. You know? Yes, so, but to be fair, Arvind, we have yeah. been also hearing BPCL is also happening, so that hasn't happened for many years now. So correct, yeah, I, w- I was coming to that. So I, uh, so it's important that it happens, but. The way I see it, if you see the numbers, the way they have reduced on divestments for this year, as well as the estimate for next year, it's it's actually telling the markets very clearly that the government is now telling the markets that please be realistic. There are limitations to what we can do. This this department has not been able to do what it was supposed to do and, and the targets set out. And, uh, and we don't expect too much coming out of it. And I think that's the message that I get when I see the numbers. So if they're able to actually divest BPSL, which is going on for the last three, four years, or LIC, which we've heard for the last two years, uh, and several other uh, privatization as well as divestment. I think uh, the message is that uh, don't expect too much uh, because uh, there's been a, uh, it's it's not worked the way it was worked. I mean, look at last year's IPOs, right? Record number of IPO issuances by the private sector. And government has not been able to divest in that exuberant stock market scenario. So there's something really wrong. Either that's something that's not working in the divestment department. Last year should have been a very good year for the government to divest. Right? Uh, if private sector could do it, I mean, you can give reasons for COVID, but everybody had issues with COVID and 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 and, and the dislocations. But the uh, unicorns uh, were made, and venture capital money came in, and IPOs happened, but the divestments did not. So. I, I, the message I take it is uh, we should lower our expectations from the Department of uh, Dissemination Public Asset. If they are able to do mm-hmm. now, they've done Air India and they did the NINL. If they're able to do some more, then that, that's a positive surprise. But otherwise, keep your expectations low. That's what I will say. Mm. 
Okay. See, uh, you know, I said last question, but just one yeah. more uh, on the liquidity side. Uh, okay. See, we have been talking about, uh, you know, the liquidity probably would be drained out from the system. Uh, yeah. A, because uh, global central banks have started uh, the the rate uh, normalization or monetary policy normalization. We saw that in Fed meeting last year. Uh, sorry, uh, in December meeting, they have they were very clear that, uh, you know, they would be probably four times rate hike in in 22 so so probably there the fi money which was kind of driving the stock markets that would go away do you think that uh, the lic money which a lot of uh, equity investors were pining on because that's a lot of liquidity coming in the market so there would be some somewhere at at one juncture markets will have a big issue with lower liquidity flow uh, in the equity side see if you look at the major drivers of liquidity in the equity markets I mean, when i'm talking about liquidity i'm saying net buying right so uh, it used to be foreigners who were the large drivers of indian equity they still are but today we also have the domestic mutual funds right so yes. if i look at five of the last seven years five of the last seven or seven or eight years uh, domestic mutual fund net buying of equities is higher than fpis which is a big change which never used to happen you know one or mm-hmm. year one or one odd year but five out of seven years not happened so you have that that amount of liquidity or interest or you know secular demand through sips coming into the equity markets you you also had fpis and fpis if you especially if you see last year 2020 like after the china app impact like as china went behind their tech companies and you know retail companies and mm-hmm. cracked down on regulatory you saw a significant amount of fpi money in the uh, so if i look at October 20 to September 21. That one year period, yeah. about 28 billion dollars of FPI money came. So yeah. they, they, they were very clear that India is the market to be. India has the opportunity. India also was recovering fairly well after the you know the initial lockdown and then Delta. So you know all those things played out, and India got that money. Maybe uh, relative valuations in the sense that as China fell or as South Africa corrected or or Brazil corrected. Maybe the relative valuation between India and the other EMs are may much better. So that's why you've seen some outflows from foreigners to be able to allocate more to uh, underperforming emerging markets. So that that's how you need to see the liquidity over a long period of time. We should you know we sh- we should be net recipients of money from all sources. Mm. Uh, in the medium term, yes, especially if the as I said that short term macro if it gets worsens. you know oil prices or you know or or a very very hawkish fed you know in that scenario uh, then you might you might see the liquidity going out or you might see net outflows from from or or even lower inflows by indian retail so that can have an impact on on valuation but that that will be short term if i look at a medium term perspective i think given the tailwinds that i spoke about and given mm. the you know uh, the macro setting if if oil prices remain contained we should be in a scenario where over the next 2 3 years you will have Uh, sustained growth slightly higher growth better corporate profitability all right all right uh, arvind a uh, lot of positives uh, in the budget of course there were uh, misses too uh, but yes. we'll keep an eye on the markets and see how the market reacts to the budget in the next one week at least uh, and see if there are more details in what she had proposed so thank you so much for joining us and uh, take care of your health thank you so much nasreen thanks For feedback you can write to me at nasreen.s@lifemin.com 
or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.